0: Trust in God and God will make your path straight and in all things and everything lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. Now I'm sure everyone here has seen movies like Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Ark of the Covenant being taken and people trying to find this amazing power and contain the power and all of a sudden it uh, turns on them and wipes them out. So we've all seen those sort of movies like you know, Indiana Jones, The Holy Grail, all the, all the movies that seek the, all these amazing religious relics that we've had from the past. And I turn my focus to the Ark of the Covenant because the story that we read in the Gospel about bearing fruits starts with the Ark of the Covenant. In the Ark of the Covenant... The tradition says there was the stone tablets, the uh, Ten Commandments of the Lord put into the covenant. There was a jar of manna that had been sent into the desert, put in. But there was also a staff. The staff of Aaron was put into the the Ark of the Covenant. Now this staff was an amazing staff. Moses had his staff which brought judgment and freed the people from um, Egypt and took them away from slavery in other lands. But then Aaron had this staff, and the thing that was particular about it was that the staff fruited, and it and it bore flowers, and it had almond nuts on it. This staff that had been cut off from a tree was actually giving life to people around it. So the idea of putting Aaron's staff into the Ark of the Covenant was that the the Levi, the the, the tribe that was responsible for um, Interpreting the, the Ten Commandments and bringing the information to the people was about giving food the manner of the manner that they had, but also giving life, using their strength and their knowledge and their power of God and the Ten Commandments to bring life to the people. So it was an amazing intention that Aaron had for his tribe. And yet over, over time, The tribe becomes closed to the idea of giving life and open to giving judgment, open to accusing people, to making rules, to making regulations. Over time, 613 different laws that came from the Ten Commandments were put together. And if you notice, the Jewish people on their prayer tassels, they wear threads that represent the 613 different laws about when to eat, when to drink, who to speak to, what happens if, someone, if blood comes on you. So we come from this space where the Ten Commandments were given to us to give us life, to a different space when Jesus comes where the Ten Commandments are used to accuse us. Has anyone ever washed their car on a Sunday? All right. Colleen, you and I go to hell. Yeah? Yeah, you see. So we could, Colleen. What are you doing washing your car on a Sunday? How dare you? Right? How dare you do that? It needed it. It it. (laughs) Or we could turn it into what the Sabbath means. Even we have these amazing things that God gave us three, four, five thousand years ago. That only research is saying to us now that yes, you need to rest. You need to give yourself time and put the world away to one side and sit with, sit and meditate and relax. God says, put the world to one side, but sit and meditate and refresh yourself with me. So is the fact that Colleen and I wash our cars on a Sunday the big deal? Or is the big deal that if my life is so full of work and responsibility and always giving to others... And I don't take the time out for myself to be with God and to refresh myself with God so that I can be of better service to everyone else. That's the thing that Aaron's staff would be saying to me. Yes, there is a rule that we need to follow, but it is a rule that gives us life because the buds and the almonds and all the things that are coming off this staff remind us of that. And we see that in the patterns of the Ten Commandments, this rule that says, bring life to your relationship with God. Bring life to your relationship with the Father. And the other rules, I think rules one to three off the top of my head are about our relationship with God and the rest are about our relationship with each other. Bring life to our relationship between us as brothers and sisters. Don't focus on what the person has. Don't make your relationship based on what someone has or hasn't got. Don't make your relationship based on how attractive someone is or how unattractive they are. Don't make your relationship based on what you're going to get from someone else. Make your relationship based on what you're going to bring to the table. Make your relationship based on what care and understanding you are going to give to someone else. And yet, as we move from Aaron and Moses, two, th- two 3,000 years later, well, Jesus arrives and he's telling these people, well, what's going on? You, the vineyard, you've been in the vineyard, you, you've been the ones that have been tenanted with the vineyard, and where's the fruits? And we can interpret the fruits in two ways. The fruits can be of the vineyard how much we're growing and how much we're producing in the vineyard but if we're talking about the fruits then we're also talking about the fruits of the staff that you carry into the vineyard because the pharisees said he knew the pharisees the scribes and said knew that they were talking about him and being the scribes and the pharisees they brought with them the rules of god to bring fruits in the people of god So he was taking and saying, your staff is going to be taken away. Your ability to reach into the vineyard is going to be taken away. And 66, 70 AD we see that happening where the Romans wiped out the whole tribe of Levi. And there were no Pharisees and Sadducees to carry the law. And now we have rabbis in the Jewish community who can do certain things but cannot be the priests of God. So it's a very prophetic set of words that Jesus says where they were taken away and they were removed. How does this relate to us? Well, I looked at it and I, looked and I thought about myself and I thought about you guys. I thought about the church and I prayed. And I think to myself, what this is is, a, is, a, is almost a warning or a, or a set of things that we need to think about as we move down the path. In 19... 19- Sixty-seven. this church was moved to this area to give life. It was moved from Plumpton Avenue to this area to give life, to bring people to God. We were, in, we, were, we were entrusted with this space as the priesthood of all believers so that whoever comes here will find Christ because that's what we're saying now. This is a place where you find yourself in Christ. And so we need to take heed of this warning not to forget that we're starting in a particular position and over time things can change over time the self-righteousness of the pharisees became the thing that ruled their actions over time people saw the hypocrisy of spiritual leaders in how they worked for themselves and left others outside over time people the pharisees and the scribes started lording it over others look at me look how great i am and look how pitiful you are. And how could you ever be loved by God? You see, in our parish, we could become that. Bar the grace of God, go us. We could be the ones saying, Look at us, look at it. We've got a nice club here. We meet every week. And we pray and praise God. Where are you? What are you doing? Or we could say we meet here in the hope that our prayers for people to come to worship and come to know Jesus will be heard. And these spaces will be filled by people that really need to know Jesus. We could say, look, at, look how wonderful I am. I, I do all the things that you ask me, Rob. I, you know, I come here, I take communion, I pray hard. What a wonderful person am I. And yet, how do you declare your poverty in spirit to God? Because if you're wonderful then Jesus will just walk past and say, well, you seem to think you can do it all in your power. Have a go, see what happens. I've got other people over here that are telling me they are poor in spirit. And I'm here to tell you, I'm poor in spirit. When I feel feel like Jesus isn't around me, I despair and I worry. When I don't feel the hands of the spirit around me, holding me, my heart feels despair and worry. So I declare to my Lord God, don't walk past me. Stay with me, embrace me, surround me, empower me to be able to talk to you, to be able to lead you. Because I need God. I can't do this on my own. We can't do this on our own. And when it comes to lording it over others, we've also got to be careful that we we say, look, I've got it all under control. And it's great. You don't have your life under control. Mateza, well, what are you doing? You don't have your life under You're just you know, helping me out. You don't have it under control. We've well, got to be very careful of those things. And, the, and Satan will come into our lives. And it won't be one minute you're praying about how to help others and all of a sudden you're here being self-righteous. Satan works in small degrees of fractions. Oh, I'm pretty good. Life's going good. That's fantastic. The next, the next thing that Satan does is, well, if life's going good, how much do you need Jesus? And you say, oh, do I need Jesus? I can miss out on worship today. I don't need to go. And the next bit, and the next bit, and so forth. Until all you have is the materialistic life that you have without the power of God in it. And then you find it all crumbling apart. And then we turn back to God, and we can see that in the Old Testament, the, all the stories of exile and return and exile. Uh, oh Lord, we need you. Gee, how good we are. We fall apart. Oh God, we need you. Right, we're so good. Then we fall apart again. You can see it through the story of the of the um, nation of Israel. So what we need to do is break that circuit. We need, if we are going to bear fruit in our vineyard, if we are going to bear fruit in our, in our surrounding areas, we need to be the parish, we need to be the people of God that go to God when we need something, but praise him with the loudest voice we can, praise him from the highest mountain we can when things go well. And never forget, the source of our prosperity. As we sang at the start of the service, we praise him when we prosper. We praise him when things are going well. The fact that we are prospering is the result of the fact that God is so close in your life and embracing you. Never be tempted, never let the devil tempt you to think anything else because everything that we have comes from our Lord God. Even in our worst moments, when things aren't going well, our Lord God sends someone to cheer us up, to bring a word, to bring some care. When we work to live in the, and release the fruits in our vineyard, we become that person to someone else. You see, we ask God to fill us in our poverty of spirits, but as we are filled we then become the blessing for others. And they become the blessing for others. So if you're sitting here today, then this week, you have the potential to be a blessing to a number of different people who will be a blessing to another. You have the potential to release the fruits of the Holy Spirit into an exponential journey that you don't know can happen. So I encourage you as people of the parish to Look at, look at your journey as holding Aaron's staff. The staff that says, yes, we have a standard to live by. We don't, we don't denounce Lord Jesus as our Lord and Master. We, we acknowledge the Gospel. We have a standard. But brothers and sisters, that standard is not to accuse you or to put you down because you didn't live it. That standard is to say to you that I... I, your priest, who is represented by a collar that says, I'm the first sinner in this room, was given life by Jesus. And you can have that same life. Let's hold the staff that is life-giving and releases the gospel into each community. Let's not go down a path that says, this is the gospel and we don't need Jesus to share it we need jesus to share it we need jesus to we need to be empowered by jesus each and every moment the lord be with you